The views expressed by guests on this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and not PCCA. This podcast is intended to be educational and informative. PCCA does not endorse or advocate any practice that is not consistent with federal and state laws or regulations. Check with your local board of pharmacy about any issues in your particular jurisdiction. Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning pharmacy. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk, a Mortar and Pestle production. I am Aaron Michael, your host, and I am excited to be bringing one of my friends and colleagues uh, with me today on this episode, Mr. Doug Smith, uh, part owner of Smith Drug and Rexall Drug in Utah, is joining us. And uh, I'm just so excited for him to be able to share his story and for you guys to learn a little bit about who he is and, and how he got into pharmacy. So, Doug, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, um, because you have such a, a unique journey and, and uh, you know, it's not every day that pharmacy technicians are owners of pharmacy, which is um, something that I think is really unique, something I can relate to as well. And so I think we have a lot of similarities, but I would love for our listeners to hear a little bit about your journey into pharmacy and uh, kind of, you know, what your day-to-day looks like there at the pharmacies in Utah. Well, my, excuse me. My my journey is a little different because it started probably when I was about five years old. I started uh, working at the pharmacy with my dad. Uh, I'm the fourth generation. So it was my great, great grandfather and then my grandfather and then my dad. And so I would start it off by sweeping floors and, you know, stocking vials and doing a lot of that. I did that until I was about oh, 16 i started working more as a, a clerk mostly I, um, back then there were tech licenses yet so i uh, i got a little bit of tech jobs in there mixed in um, and then in 99 i served a two-year ecclesiastical mission and while i was gone that's when they started the technician requirement in utah um, so unfortunately my family and friends that I worked with didn't remember to get me a license. So when I came back, I had to, uh, go through the whole process. Luckily there was a in pharmacy training I could do. So all I had to do was take the test basically. So, uh, I got licensed in 2000 end of 99, I guess, around there, um, and became a technician, uh, it was around that same time as when our pharmacy started deciding to compound. Um, so when I came back uh, from my mission, I I got involved a little bit in that, um, but I decided I was going to go to school. So I went up to the University of Utah to work on becoming a pharmacist. And we don't we don't we won't talk about how that went. <laughs> not well. This we'll just we'll say not well. So while I was up there, I worked at a, a retail pharmacy. It's called Dan's Pharmacy uh, in Salt Lake. And that's kind of where I got my feet wet on actually being a real technician and learning what the opportunities started to be for me as a technician. Um, I ended up finishing getting an accounting degree. And so 
about 2009, me and Christopher Cox and my sister purchased uh, the store from my father. And we were running that for since then. Uh, we opened up a second location. Well, we bought a second location um, and end of two or 2019. Um, so we're, we're running up on almost four years here. And I run most, most of my job now is I run a lot of the, the financial end. Um, because of my accounting degree, I, I managed the Pleasant Grove lab for quite a while, uh, turned that over to uh, one of our technicians and then started the lab up here in Lehigh. And uh, just more recently, we're, we're kind of in the process of turning that over to to one of our technicians that works here. So my day-to-day is uh, probably not a whole lot like a technician would imagine. Uh, I do a lot of financial paying bills, uh, a lot of dealing with contracts, unfortunately, a lot of uh, human resource kind of things uh, makes up a lot of my day. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Pat, I didn't realize um, that you had had the a piece of your journey as going to pharmacy school. So you and I are are probably more similar than than we even know. So I just learned something about you there. As long as we've known each other, I didn't know that. So I was in that same boat, you know, and um, and pretty much doing more of like a general manager position, like what you do, you know, in the in the day to day operations within my couple pharmacies too, and where I saw kind of the um, the need in our pharmacies was for someone to to focus on the business side of it, you know. I think oftentimes our pharmacists are such great clinicians. Um, and, and a lot of times they don't learn the business side, you know, when they go to pharmacy school. And so, um, I, I know that's what made my partnership really, uh, run smoothly in the pharmacy is that my partner was the pharmacist. I was the pharmacy technician, but then I had more of the business degree as well. So, um, I don't ever regret not finishing pharmacy school and I'm sure you don't either. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely been a ton of opportunity um, moving forward for us as technicians too. And I think that that opportunity only continues to evolve, you know? So. Yeah, I agree. I, for, for me, I had a great mentor in my dad. He was, he was a technician. He wasn't a pharmacist either. Um, he never even tried to go to pharmacy school, which was interesting to me, but so I, I had a, a pretty good idea of what, what some of the opportunity was for me just to go outside of just maybe a normal technician job. But I also, when I got into pharmacy school, I didn't get good grades. That was my biggest problem. <laughs> no, no surprise to anyone who knows me. The biggest thing for me is I just don't really like what a pharmacist has to do. Like uh, looking at their day to day. And as I got more and more into it, like I finally just gave up on the, cause I was like, it's not really what you want to do. Like, why don't you just t- spend time and focus on the things that you do yeah. want to do and that are opportunity. And, so that's what I did. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love kind of the the pivot within school and like you said, finding something that you're passionate about and something that you want to do every single day. So um, I love the relationship that you and Chris have. Again, you know, you and I, our journeys are so similar. Um, but being able, you know, we all know that in the pharmacy, we have to have a pharmacist. So it's not like even though we are the owner, it doesn't mean that we can just go in and own and operate the pharmacy on a day-to-day basis and fill prescriptions, we still have to have that pharmacist. So I think finding the balance um, 
and that mutual respect, you know, with whether that that person is your your business partner or whether, you know, they're your staff pharmacist. I think having that respect um, and being able to work with the licensed person that's within your pharmacy, that's a balancing act too. Um, you guys have some great pharmacists there. You have a great team. Um, but maybe share a little bit about, you know, how do you balance that relationship? Obviously, your business partner, Chris, is, is the pharmacist. Um, you know, so what does that look like? How do you guys kind of divide or divide, you know, the responsibilities? You know, honestly, it's been really, really, really easy for the two of us. Honestly, it's it really never been a question. So the reason why our pharmacies are successful are because of the people that we hire. And then I, I believe you, you give those people that you hire, give them leeway to make mistakes and give them, give them opportunities to, to grow and to learn and, and not manage them too much. Like let them, let them kind of figure things out. And so right kind of from the beginning, um, it was pretty, it was pretty cut and dry. I, I didn't want to do the pharmacy things, the pharmacist things. Um, and he didn't want to do the financial things. So it was a pretty easy divide for us. Um, my sister was involved. She just recently um, has become not involved as much, but uh, like me and my sister kind of took care of like the financial end of it. And then there was just a need for me to run the, the compounding lab. And so I stepped in and, and managed the lab for quite a few years um, as we grew. Um, but I think we both respect each other and uh, what our capabilities are. And we let each other flourish in those areas and kind of leave each other alone almost. Uh, I don't, he doesn't tell me how to, to, you know, run the books or to do anything that way. And I, I don't tell him who he needs to go market or who he, you know, who he needs to, what he needs to do in that pharmacy. So, That's so it's been a, it's been a really easy divide for the, for the two of us. I feel like, and we get along uh, really well personally. And we're able to, I think a big part of it for us is when it's time to talk work, we can talk work. Um, but when it's time to just talk, we, we can just have a conversation about each other's lives and personal conversation and not let work get involved in that. So yeah, it's been a good relationship. Wow. That's awesome. And, and he's definitely a completely different personality, you know, than you. And yeah. so. Um, I think, like you said, you guys give each other the uh, permission to to flourish in the things that you're you're passionate about and the things that you have the skill set for too, which I think is a a really cool thing as an observer and outsider looking in is to watch your guys's relationship and see how that works um, for the pharmacy. I want to kind of touch on something that you said about the people, um, you know, the, and giving them the opportunity to be successful or, you know, fail or just empower them to do that. And you even mentioned, you know, um, when you were running the lab in Pleasant Grove and then turning it over to a tech and now even, you know, the new store and turning that over to a tech. I love that it's, it's technicians empowering technicians and the belief system that you have in pharmacy technicians too. And I'd, I'd love to touch on kind of, you know, you and I have been in this world for a very, very long time. We've seen um, everything from pre-licensure to now certification and all of the opportunities, um, you know, that just the evolution of a technician and the responsibilities that we've, we've come to. But then where do you, I mean, just 
if you were looking into a crystal ball or even when you're talking to your people about the future and the opportunities for them within your pharmacies, um, where do you see opportunities for technicians moving forward? I, there's a lot of opportunities. I, I think, honestly, in in today's climate, it's it's really what where you put your own limits on yourself. Um, I feel like you as a technician can go out and make your path. Like I, a lot of the technicians that I've dealt with want to just sit back and have you tell them what to do and want you to fix all the problems. And then I've had a few really good technicians that are actively seeking of ways to change things, to do things, to make it better, to, to better their future. Um, and that's, that's what I think the future is for technicians. Um, the ones that want to just come in and collect a check, like they're, they're going to do that and they're, they'll be stuck where they're at forever. But the ones that are trying to better themselves, trying to better the pharmacy as, as a whole, um, those are the ones that are get progressed. Those are the ones that get uh, management positions or, you know, they go out and get certifications to, you know, do different things. Yeah. I, I think it really is limited to, to their imagination, what they want to do. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And and you've had some, you know, I've worked with some of your technicians uh, that have been great. What I love is, is you guys believe in um, giving them the tools that they need to succeed as well. And so, you know, I know you guys are, you educate um, a lot of your practitioners, you educate the public, um, and you believe in educating your team too. Can you walk us through kind of um, some of the opportunities that you have for the technicians within your pharmacies, whether that's educational events or, you know, local or even coming maybe to a PCCA event or something like that? Um, just what kind of investments do you make in your team? Probably not as much as we should, to be honest. Our our team is awesome that we have around them. And I feel like as we lose one, uh, someone always steps up and, and steps into their, their position. That's the great thing about it. Um, we do a lot to, with events, more with practitioners, um, more, more with customers. And we've found over the years that like, we probably don't do as much as we should be doing with our team to give them opportunities to get CE and learn or to go to events. In the past, we've done a little bit like with our, our leads, like our lab manager, we brought, we bring it, brought him to international. And like, I think we need to continue to do more of that. But like, honestly, we probably don't do as much as we should be doing. Cause I, I think it, like when I said like empowering them, a, a lot of that is giving them the resources that they need to do that. And it's a learning process for us. We haven't been awesome at it at times and other times we've been a lot better. So uh, this is something we need to probably work on more, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you guys have a great culture there. I always, you know, I love following you guys on um, social media and stuff and seeing like your pumpkin carving contests and all of your things that you do. Um, you know, it says a lot. I, I know when I visit your stores too, everybody, they always have a smile on their face. They're always, they look like they truly want to be there and they want to make a difference in, you know, the patient's lives that they serve. So that's a true testament to what you and Chris have created. So, um, you know, keep up the good work. We're always learning. We're always trying to do more for our employees, you know, and invest in them and 
and give them more tools um, for sure. So I feel like that's kind of a, a never ending process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit, you know, you mentioned um, international seminar. I know this is not a question that I submitted to you before. So I'm going to throw you off track right here. Let's see how you can handle this. So, um, so international seminar, you mentioned bringing one of your lead techs um, to, to that event. Um, we actually have international seminar coming up in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. Um, but you know, you've been a lot and as a technician, what do you find? And it doesn't have to be international seminar. I'm just talking about educational events, you know, in general. Um, I see you at the wholesaler shows. I see you at a lot of other events, but as a technician, how do you maximize those opportunities to learn or network from, you know, with other people while you're at those events? Or how do you encourage your team to do that? Of course, you throw in the networking part. It's your that's favorite. My least, I know it's that's, your favorite. That's my least favorite. <laughs> so just for those listening, Aaron forced me to do this. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not real big on networking, but I, ha what I have noticed is the more I go, especially to international, um, the more people you get to know, like, and the more faces you get to know and the more relationships you start to build. I'm not a go out and, you know, shake people's hand, introduce myself, tell them my story. I'm more like find the table with no one at it and, <laughs> and sit at that. And then other people come and sit by me and I end up talking to them. So, um, but I've really valued not just, um, international, but also I, I attend the, the Cardinal health show and there's always a few CE or a few, you know, continuing education there that, that are put on about compounding and just about business and to be able to see the same people there that are going, obviously they're going through similar issues, similar things that we're going through. Um, to talk to them, to hear some of their stories, hear some of their questions. Um, it's been a really good opportunity to bring that information back to the pharmacy. And and you're so busy in your day-to-day -day, um, that it's hard to implement that sometimes. Yeah. But I, I see it as a win if I can come back with one thing that I can implement, one thing that I can change or do differently or or instruct people about, give people information about that that I didn't have before. That's kind of my goal that I go with. And then I feel like for me, the networking and the relationships kind of just come naturally um, for me. Yeah. Slowly. I uh, slowly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they do come though. That's for sure. Um, you know, I always tell people when they're going to an event, um, it is a great opportunity to network with other people. Like you said, um, oftentimes we think that, you know, we're on this island by ourselves and we're the only ones possibly dealing with this issue. And what you, what you come to find out when you sit down at, you know, an educational event and have a conversation, we're all kind of in the same boat, you know, and we can all kind of help each other and we're all going through similar challenges. And so being able to grow that network and, and being able to have some like-minded people that you can bounce ideas off of, it's a great thing to do. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I think so many people will look, they look at Erin and they say, you know, Erin's a total extrovert. Like she can, I'm probably the opposite of you. They think, oh, she can't sit and introduce herself to anyone. And, and, you know, if I had my choice, my choice would be just like you is to sit down at a table 
if people come sit with me, then I'll talk to them. But, you know, like, um, it's probably not in my nature to, um, to go out and just be that extroverted person. I do it, you know, and, uh, people, and you're good at it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So people think that, that that's my, na- my nature, but I I'm kind of like you too, but I also realized the power of networking and I realized, you know, the power of, like I said, building that sphere of influence to be able to, um, share some of your ideas and just learn from other people too. And that's, that's what I've always loved about going to events. And, um, and I also love what you said about implementing one thing at a time. I think oftentimes we come to these events and we learn, you know, 20, 30 new things and we think, oh, I'm going to go back and implement it all, you know, and there's, there's just no way to do that. So I love your advice of just taking baby steps and introducing one thing at a time and, you know, being able to do it that way. It's been really beneficial to be there with Chris, my partner. Um, and then that year we took Casey, our, our lab manager, you talk about networking and the opportunity to have those two there to be our own little network. Right. But we, you all kind of go into it looking for different things and searching for different answers. And so when you, you're able to, you know, the three of us to get together to talk about things a little bit after, or even while we're there, uh, it opened your eyes to like, oh, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't even realizing that was an issue for us. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. And so it's, it's been really beneficial. And I think we didn't take any, we're not taking anyone this year. Casey's left us and moving on to greener pastures. So, uh, I think we might do that in the future though, to, to just to get more, more people involved. I, just, I think it just helps the pharmacy run more smoothly that way. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, you guys all go into it with a different mindset, like you said, of what you're looking for. Um, we've, we've always preached, you know, the more people, and it's not because we want more people at seminar. It truly is, especially when you guys are all in different positions, you have different mindsets, you're all looking for, you're going to look through a different lens. And so being able to, even if you go to the same session, you're, each one of you is going to get something different out of it, you know, and then really that teamwork or that camaraderie that you build, like you said, after the fact, when you can come back and say, okay, what did you hear? What did you learn? And how are we going to implement that kind of stuff too? So it kind of magnifies the success that you can bring back to the pharmacy also. So it's pretty cool. I love it when I see people that bring, you know, multiple to an educational event. Again, obviously I want it to be our events, but um, yeah. any event that you go to, it's just, if you just, like I said, multiply the chances of your success. So it's super cool to see that. Let's talk about just the role of compounding pharmacy technicians a little bit. Um, obviously we're in the compounding space and that's, that's something that you and I are both very passionate about, but how have you seen that kind of evolve and change over the years? Um, even from when you guys had one store to now two stores, you know, I know we were just out there to visit you not too long ago and to see the growth and to see, um, even the remodels and stuff that have happened, you know, at the old store and now you have the new store with the new lab and stuff, but what is just the job responsibility or the evolution looked like for your compounding techs? Uh, I think it's progressed a lot. First started compounding, it was it was kind of more the, you know, count, pour, lick, and stick mentality. You know, you just went in and you, you know, you, you had a formula and you made it and then you kicked it out and then you went on to the next one. I feel like there's a lot more to it. And I don't know if that's, with changes to, you know, 800, 705, all of that, that's introducing that or, or what, but, um, just the, 
the role to have to be more active in every part of the script. It's not just, you know, I'm going to do it and kick it out. Like I need to be involved in understanding are the directions right on it? Are, you know, do I have all the information that, you know, PCAB requires on here um, instead of just, I'm just going to do it and kick it out. And so in our pharmacies, like the technicians have had to really step their game up. Like back when I was just working in the lab, it was just me, you know, I'd, I'd come in and do, you know, 20, 30 a day, maybe, and then I'd go golf and and enjoy life. And (laughs) like those days are over yeah. They, don't, they don't get to do that anymore. There's, there's a lot more to the job. There's a lot more importance in what they do. I feel like too. Um, and as the role as a, of a pharmacist becomes more and more taxed, I think those opportunities become greater and greater for the technician to step in and, and take some of those, those responsibilities and, and run with it. So. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I've always said that, you know, I see the future of technicians is really, um, doing as much as we possibly can under our, you know, licensure and not overstepping our boundaries, but allowing the pharmacist to be the clinician that they are, you know, and then allowing us, the technicians, to really do all of those other things. So I just think that there's such a bright future for pharmacy technicians, whether you're in compounding or not. Obviously, I do see how things have changed. You know, I'm sure you and I can share a lot of stories about how we used to compound versus uh, how we compound now. We won't go into those things, but um, definitely, you know, regulations are not always a bad thing. Um, I think it makes us better and it it protects patients and it protects, you know, us, the compounder as well. So um, there's some good things to be said about that. But yeah, it's it's a, definitely a different world than it used to be. You know, you mentioned 1999. I got into it in 96. So we were right there at that, that same uh, time frame. And compounding looks a lot different than it used to look, you know, back in those days, for sure. Yeah, for sure it does. Yeah. Well, if you had, um, you know, I'm sure there's some technicians listening to us right now that are are maybe aspiring to do something different in their career. Um, What advice would you give them to kind of maybe think outside of the box or even take a chance on whether that's growing as a regular technician or even maybe getting into being a compounding technician or even elevating their role as a compounding technician. You know, as an owner, if you had a technician that was working for you and they wanted to do something more, what would you want them to present to you or or how would you want them to, you know, kind of deliver that message to you that they wanted to kind of grow in their career path? I, I think both pharmacy owners and, and pharmacists are, are happy to help out, um, their, their technicians to grow and to, to get better for sure. Um, the one thing I would just tell them all is to, to not stop learning, to always take in information, whether it's, you know, whether, but also if you love the place you work, look for things with in that place you work that you can help better yourself. Um, if, you know, if you are doing compounding, learn more about, if you're, and you're not in the compounding lab, learn more about compounding, take an interest in it, uh, do CEs in it. Uh, if, if there's an event that's coming up, you know, talk to your employer, like say, Hey, there's this event. I, I really like to go with it, go to it, but I can't afford it. Or you, 
you know, are you willing to, you know, to sponsor me to go? Um, sometimes as an owner, that's, that's a bouncing act that is right. really hard for me. Sometimes you have to say no, right. but don't be discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged by getting told no, but continue to try to better yourself and better your pharmacy. And whether that's through education, whether that's through, uh, ideas to change processes or, you know, different things. There's case. I, I talk a lot about our, our old lab manager in Pleasant Grove, Casey. Um, he did a ton of that. And as an owner, it could be super frustrating sometimes, but he helped our lab get to a whole new level, um, way higher than ever. I ever took it when, as when I was managing it. So, so there's opportunities for you there and don't get discouraged by being told no. Just keep keep going at it. Yeah, I love that. I love that advice. I love, um, I mean, and you know this about me too, just that lifelong learning. We're always, you know, always finding something new. I'm thinking about even before we started recording, you and I were having a conversation about a, a new dos dosage form or a new formula that you guys are working with that um, can tend to be a little bit messy, uh, you know, and so I'm sure that your team after a little bit of, you know, playing around with it, they're going to find the perfect way to be able to do that formula with the least amount of, you know, uh, mess or, or what, however you want to say it. Uh, methylene blue capsules are kind of a challenge. So, uh, but building those techniques and the, the technicians that do it every single day, that's how we learn and that's how we grow. So I love that, that mentality of being a lifelong learner and always looking for new ways to improve, you know, your processes that you have right now. So that's awesome. Well, and, and as a, as you know, advice to technicians that want to be owners or, or, or pharmacists that are owners or anything, uh, the biggest thing is get good people around you. Like that's the, the only reason why we've been successful is because we've had great people around us. And, and keep those people, do what you can to keep them. Um, that's, that's just the biggest thing for us. That's the hardest thing too, I think, right? right? Especially in today's climate. But yeah. Just get good people and let those people, give, give them an environment to thrive in and, and let them go. Yeah, I love it. Such great words of advice. Um, I know you mentioned PCAB, and I just want for our listeners that may not understand what PCAB is, um, it is a, the accreditation body that um, it's basically you go above and beyond to get an, an extra accreditation. Uh, if you've been listening to our Tech Talk podcast series, uh, Meg Reed from ACHC or PCAB was our guest on our uh, one of our Tech Talk episodes. So highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode and learn a little bit more about that accreditation process. But it, it is pharmacies um, that have taken the extra step to receive this, this designation or additional accreditation. So kind of a cool thing there, um, but it does, it's some extra processes that you have to put in place and, um, you know, increase uh, consistencies and stuff too. So really cool thing. But like I said, if you want to learn more about that, feel free to listen to uh, Meg Reed, who was one of our Tech Talk um, guests as well. So Doug, I know uh, this was not your favorite thing. I appreciate you. Um, and I'm so glad I twisted your arm to do this because I know our listeners uh, got some good uh, tidbits and pearls from you. You always have so much to offer, even though sometimes you may not think that you do. But uh, I, I love having conversations with you. Um, any last words of advice or anything you want to tell our listeners? No, just that I just tell you thank you for forcing me outside of my <laughs> comfort zone, even though 
I hate that you do it a lot. Uh, but no, just, just, you know, like I said, um, better continue to better you. That's, and if, if you're not in an environment that allows you to do that, then find one. Yeah. I love it. Great words of advice. Thank you, Doug, for being with us. And thank you to our listeners. We hope that you found this valuable and we will catch you on the next episode of Tech Talk. Have a great day.